I'm a current with the Florida Gators. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me, hurt my feelings. I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are reviewing week one of the 2021 college football season. Now, Ooh, full disclosure, say again. Ooh, week we one, are baby. reviewing re- week one of the 2021 college football season, baby. We had a full slate of games on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. We had one game that we'll talk about on Sunday. And as we record, Tyler, on Monday night, Labor Day, I am currently watching Ole Miss and Louisville on ESPN to be the Labor Day game. So, we have a full slate of games this week one. We're going to talk about some of them, and we will go a bit more in-depth on five wide and two-point. Um, I have tallied up the numbers, and we can see where we are week one. But before we do any of that, Tyler, we would typically do some quick hits, but there seems to not be any quick hits this week. So we'll just jump right into it, Tyler. The number 13th ranked Florida Gators, 35, FAU 14. This is a game... Um, that uh, caused some, I don't want to, some some intrigue amongst Florida Gator fans. I'm going to say it that way. That's a nice conservative way to say it. It is, and I think we should just rip the Band-Aid off, Tyler. Um, what did you think of the offense? So it's a matter of, I thought, I thought the offense was great for the most part in the sense of like there's over 400 rushing yards. So excellent mm-hmm. thought process in regards to the advancement of the running game you know dan mullen likes to run the football he didn't do that last two years because we had a quarterback who was excellent at throwing the ball um but now we have two quarterbacks that can both scoot and i do think like while the personnel of the offensive line doesn't seem like it's upgraded too impressively to me i do think that the way that john hepsey and dan mullen teach o-line play is better built for this offense that they usually run like Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing right now. So the running game, very excited about that. We have a deep core of running backs. No one running back that is like head and shoulders above the rest, but they're all really good. So I'm very happy See, about I, that. I, I mean, I would I would beg to differ because, you know, you the leading Malik rusher. Davis, I, I swear. I mean, he did lead in touches and rushing I yards, would say Damian so... Pierce if I had to pick somebody, but. It's, okay, it's semantics, semantics. But, but you're point. right. It, there's it, no, it's, it's, there's a, back, no it's a massive battery on this team. Like Exactly. There is no Najee Harris, but there's about four really good productive running backs, and that's honestly fine. Now I wouldn't even say there's a Lamichael P. Ryan on this on yeah, this roster, I mean, but, but that's okay because like I'm of the opinion, especially with wide receivers and running backs, while it's always good to have number one, it's honestly better to have like five number twos in the way I that agree. in the way that college football is run today. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So anyway, from that perspective, very happy. Now when it comes to the passing game, um, they left a lot to be desired on the field in this, in regards to the fact that, like, what I said that I wanted to watch for is I wanted to see Emory Jones throw the ball. 
in his first two drives, the first two drives, the offense was clicking. Like, mm-hmm. pass and run. It was all good. And then Emory Jones, I think, they gave a drive to Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson had, Richardson had to come out for, for a snap because he lost his helmet. Emory Jones throws the ball. It's a pick. And it kind of spiraled just from a mental standpoint from there. Mm-hmm. And Emory Jones struggled from that point on to hit anything other than, like, screen passes or kind of wide-open throws. And even then, he threw some that were a little, to me, like, they weren't good passes. Um now I will say I don't I think Anthony Richardson, while a physical specimen and had a better night, um, didn't impress me like world beating wise in the passing game as like right. leagues better. It's not like interesting, just just an example, but it's not like watching like Deshaun Watson when he was at Clemson and the guy that was there before him, uh, in between uh yeah. Taj Boyd and him. Which is mm-hmm. and you sit there and you're like, oh, no, like that guy is not only more athletic, like the ball comes out of his hand differently. Mm-hmm. I didn't get like a massive difference. I Anthony Richardson played better. Um, he is more of a physical specimen. Emory Jones, it is worrisome to me that Emory Jones threw two, three picks and didn't get better from that point on or at least kind of let them affect him. And there's a couple situations where one or two bad plays make this game a 35-14 game rather than a 59-14 game. Right. Specifically, the one where there was a miscommunication, from what I gather, and Emory Jones on a fourth and goal of like three yards tries to quarterback sneak it up from the center, which it and honestly, he almost if he had hit the right lane, he actually would have made it work. But you <laughs> I was see, gonna say he, he picked the wrong lane. If, yeah, if he would have gotten I mean, it, it there, works. Right. Like, yeah. But Dan Mullen and you see him on the sideline, just going, "What the hell is that?" Like, yeah. um, because it's very, very clear to me that like, that wasn't what Dan Mullen wanted him to do. And like, that wasn't the play call for that moment, but there was miscommunication. So it's little things like that, like three plays and like Anthony Richardson, not losing his helmet, maybe changes the way Emory Jones plays that game, you know? Mm -hmm. But I like the team is, seems to be good on the, on the ground. Um, I didn't get really any questions about what I wanted to see out of the passing game answered. And I, I am very conservative in my opinion about this because you ask almost any Gator fan and they will tell you bench Emory Jones right now, start Anthony Richardson. And right. while I wouldn't be against that because I think they're both good, like, I am not willing to throw it all away on one game. And that's that's where I was going to get at it, where I didn't get the chance to watch. Uh, I watched the fourth quarter live and then I went back and I watched the entire game again yesterday. But um, when I went back and I saw it, it, it seemed like Emery seemed a bit rattled after that first interception. Cause like you said, it was clicking those first two drives. It was moving the ball. The ball was moving quick. Run game was doing well. Pass game was doing well. And it seemed like he kind of couldn't get his head back in the game. And when uh, Anthony Richardson was in, at least in the fourth quarter, it seemed like the game was a bit more under control. Right. I, I felt mm-hmm. a little bit calmer with him at quarterback. And listen, I'm not ready to, you know, go be out here and say, oh, we're going to, we got to bench Emery, this and that, whatever. No. I, I'm opening up to the idea that Anthony Richardson could take over as a starter later on in the season. But I do think that we need to see how Emery matches up this coming week against USF. And I know some Gator fans aren't going to like this, but I think you got to throw him out there against Alabama, you know? We'll talk about Alabama later on, how yeah. they're clearly the best team in the country. But, like, you can't – I don't think you can judge based off that one thing. The locker room loves him, Emery. I mean, 
I mean, Anthony Richardson had a tweet where he was saying, hey, look, five is my guy. I love him, this and that, whatever. Um, so the locker room was behind him. Dan Mullen, after the press conference, someone asked him, like, oh, something about a quarterback controversy. And he was like, oh, there's no controversy. Emery's a starter. Like, it was shut down immediately, yeah. quickly, which I like because we now know we get a full week. Now there's questions to people saying, oh, Mullen sometimes is too loyal to a fault, right? Maybe he waits a bit too long to make the changes, right? Last year with Jeff Collins – or Jeff Collins – uh, with Todd Grantham this year, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll talk about defense in a second. You know, quarterbacks in the past, this and that, whatever. It, it's interesting, right? We'll see exactly how it how it ends up going. But I don't think we're re- I'm ready to throw Emory Jones to the wolves it, and throw him on the bench immediately. It's been one game. It's and it's, I, been and one it's, game. it's my my big thing is that like if you were to judge, sometimes one game is indicative of exactly what a team is. But how many times does, <laughs> do teams play games that are not indicative of who they are as, as a team? Like. You, yeah. if, we do this well, I mean, listen, if we do this cherry picking argument, you could say every every year Alabama has one bad game or loses one game. Is that who that team is? No, like these things change and they require time. Teams grow. Um, I mean, Florida's team last year, Florida's team every year under Dan Mullen has grown a lot as the season has gone on. And yeah. so I don't think I think you have to. I think you have to at least stick with Emory as the starter, unless sparring like just an absolute collapse. Until right. the Alabama game, see what happens. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think either of them gets us to beat Alabama, but like, no, I, exactly. I, I don't think. Listen, Anthony this Richardson is, this is not is that it. team. Exactly, this is not that team. You're not that guy, pal. Um, so that's that's kind of what what it is with the offense there. Um, again, I'm with you. I like the running game. The offensive line, I think, has improved. Definitely has improved. Um, I think there is still room to grow. But I love where we are compared to where we were at this point last season and even the year before that. So I'm excited for that. I'm happy about that. We can finally run the offense that Mullen has been wanting to run since mm-hmm. he got there, right? He's recruited his guys. Um, there's arguments to his recruit how well he recruits and this and that, whatever. But there's no denying that he has his type of guys, right? You look at Anthony Richardson. He's the prototypical Dan Mullen quarterback. Uh, Emory Jones is the prototypical Dan Mullen quarter- quarterback. You know, the offensive line, like you said, uh, is being coached in that way of how they should do. Um, so I, I think there's room to grow. But I am ex- I, I like where we're at for now. I know that's not a popular take right now, but I'm comfortable with it. We'll see where, where it goes this coming Saturday when we're in Tampa playing USF. And then the week after, let's just try not to get obliterated by Bama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm genuinely not like – the, the nice thing is that you're going to get an absolutely incredible team that's going to come into the swamp and is going to mm-hmm. basically tell you which one's better. Yep, um, yep. it will. They will. Because, because it's hard to judge against FAU and, and USF, which is even and, worse. And than I want to be and I want to be the advocate here. Like FAU's defense is a good Group of Five defense. Yeah. Nkosi Perry is going to be a high level Group of Five quarterback. Like this isn't you know we we weren't playing Bowling Green you know shots to Tennessee, but like you know what I mean it, we weren't playing Scrubs we were playing. An inferior team, yes, because of the talent yeah, level. Different and, level and of coaching. competition, but not right. a bad team. Exactly. Not a it's bad diff- football team. They're they're playing FA plays at a different level of competition week in, week out, but they're still a good team as opposed to different level of competition playing a bad team. That's what bowling green is, that's what Akron is, that's what Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which leads me to the defense, Tyler, because the first point scored didn't come until the fourth quarter. This defense looked incredible. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, let's let's uh, let, they were, let's until sprinkle. the fourth quarter they pitched a shutout. That, that's they basically did. all you can ask a team to do in today's days of offense. Like it, absolutely, like it, we gotta we gotta understand that defenses 
I mean, unless it's Bama Clemson, you're not going to have these defensive slugfest anymore. Um, but listen, they played really well. I, I thought it was drastically improved. The secondary looked much better. Um, it just pains me that if we had everyone healthy in the secondary, what we could be, but we can't think about that now. We got to think about the future. Mm-hmm. And listen, I liked the schemes. I, I think Grantham dialed back a little bit the Granthamness of the defense. Um, I didn't see as Which many. worked. I wonder why. I wonder why. Hmm? Yeah, maybe when you send, when, maybe when you, if you click engage eight every four plays in NCAA 14, you're not going to win a football game. <laughs> so well, this, this goes into, and I hope that this, I, again, I don't, we just, we just made the excuse of you can't judge what this team is off one game for the offense. I'm going to do it for the same for the defense. This may mm-hmm. have just been their good game. Um, right. Now the front definitely looks improved. The secondary looked improved. Um, I think, but it goes into my theory of that I'm hoping is is correct. Um, my theory that like the first two years, Grantham had good defenses because he was still teaching a scheme that is complicated. That like at the way he wants to run it is very complicated, but he has to teach it super mm-hmm. simple the first two years. And in his simplicity, it's like we play this three four, get after the quarterback, blitzing all the time, nothing too crazy, but like simplicity, but aggressiveness. That worked really well for two years. And then mm-hmm. third year, he finally felt like he had enough returning players and, and enough players to know the system. He could start complicating it. And when it gets complicated, and also other factors, including some of our maybe position coaches, it wasn't very good. And now we, we do know there's a lot of new people injected into this defense with, tr- say, transfers mm-hmm. or either new players. Maybe that's causing him to dial it back a little bit, simplify, which is what we've all been asking him to do. And he's not doing it because right. he wants to, but doing it because he has to. But that might be what's better for the team. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that simplicity, that kind of taking a step back to what worked in those first two years might be just what his defense has to be at the collegiate level. You know, he's a, he can be an NFL defensive coordinator and he can do all of those things at the, at the pro level where this is the only thing these guys focus on. But maybe here at Florida at the collegiate level, it may not be you know, exactly what he wants, but that's okay because it worked and it's working. And again, I want to know that we went up against a good quarterback. Nikosi Perry is a better quarterback than some of the guys we're going to see in SEC play this year. So let's not like, again, say, oh, this is FAU. This is this and that, whatever. Um, I I think it went well. And again, just like you, one game, we got to wait and see. That's going to be the theme for this entire episode amongst all of these teams, Tyler. Well, for most of these teams. Some of them, I have a pretty good idea of what they are. Look, you know, um, we know that overreaction drives clicks, but this is this is a rational AF podcast. <laughs> you know it, buddy. You know it. Um, Our friends hate special us teams, for it, Tyler. but... <laughs> yeah. we, we're always the ones uh, throwing water on the fire in the group chat and that's we've kind of accepted that that's our I, I, I went to a Gator a uh, Southern California Gator Club watch party um, with with friend of the pod noted Eagles fan Stephen Peters and basically my entire time there mm-hmm. was just like I right, calm down all right, like <laughs> just chill all right <laughs> like uh, yes, yes, yes. We love we love friend of the pod, noted Eagles fan Stephen Peters, but he he can overreact at times, and that's okay because that's just yeah, the that's what happens. Of fandom. Yeah, I mean, I texted you. I texted you halfway through the fourth quarter. Anthony Richardson QB one, and you were like, "All right, dude, settle." Like I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> yeah, just it's chill. All right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, special teams. I still don't know who any of their names are, and no, you know what? That's no, fine. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, we're going to move forward. That was the Gator game. Tyler just got a few games, non-five-wide two-point, that we I want to kind of touch upon real quick. 
Uh, we'll start on Thursday. Ohio State, number four, ranked Ohio State 45, Minnesota 31. Um, I think the big story here is two-prong. C.J. Stroud, uh, a horrendous first half, really good second half, and first-year quarterback making his first start on the road in a hostile environment like Minnesota. Um, I think he did a pretty good job in the second half, brought it back around. And when you have the weapons that Ohio State has, it makes it pretty easy to do that. Yeah. Um, and then there's the obvious uh, second part of it. And there's a second part, which is sad, which is um, Muhammad Ibram is unfortunately out for the season. He was cooking up Ohio State's defense. Oh, gosh. Uh, believe, like, I believe he had two touchdowns and over 250 yards before he got hurt. He had surgery. Uh, Minnesota's listing it as a lower leg injury that he will be out for the entire season. Um, it's unfortunate, um, and we wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully he gets mm. better. And sorry to a friend of the pod, 1% Super Bowl champion Bucks fan, Tyler Renfro, because he had him on uh, College Fantasy. And, uh, yeah, that's his starting running back. Yeah, that's here. unfortunate. Um, it is. I mean, more unfortunate for Mohamed Ibrahim. But- absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, um, so. yeah, CJ Stroud looked like a young quarterback, a young, talented yep. five-star quarterback. So, I He'll mean, I, if he's they're Ohio State, I don't really know what else I have to say. Like, yeah, it's it, they have the best roster in the country, or one of the best rosters in the country, and they have one of the best coaches in the country. They'll figure it out. Um, next up, same night Thursday in a wild game, UCF Crazy. thirty-six, Boise State thirty-one. This game was supposed to kick off at seven. And it didn't kick off until 9.45 because there was weather in the area. Thanks, Florida. Um, and by weather, we mean lightning. And uh, UCF went down 28-7 to at one point, came back and won the game. Biggest victory in um, – biggest comeback victory in bounce house history. And my favorite part of all of this is the social media, UCF um, – uh, Gus Malzahn, Malzahn's wife, everyone, the like the like PR decision is it took us two days, but we won. And I thought that was cool because the game ended at like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Great game for cool. UCF. Um, very good. Very good game for them. Again, it's one of those things. It's weird to watch uh, a Gus Malzahn offense on at UCF now. It works better, but it is a matter of like Dylan Gabriel's whole strength is his deep ball. And they don't mm-hmm. really throw it as much now because they don't ever call because Gus Malzahn never calls a deep ball. Um, right. I mean, I I would get it considering he just went through two seasons of uh, Bo Nix overthrowing Anthony Schwartz every chance he got. But which I want to remind you people Dylan Gabriel how now. Di- <laughs> I want to remind people how difficult it is to overthrow the fastest player in college football. Like it yeah. is extremely difficult to do. Yet Bo Nix did it time and time again. Shout out to him. And if you talk, we talk about quarterbacks' mental strength, Dylan Gabriel throws on the first drive of the game a hundred-yard pick six, and then it, it might be the worst pass. interception. I, it might be the worst interception I've ever seen. From he, a pers- it from perspective like, of you, just should not have thrown that. Like, yeah, no, like, you 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 tuck it and you slide or you do anything but throw it directly to the cornerback who or to the linebacker who takes it back. Who has yards. an open lane the, to go the 100 yards in the opposite direction. Exactly. On the first drive of the game. And that drive was really good. They were yeah. cooking that first drive of the game. So, so I, I mean, yeah. Boise State is a good team too. Um, like, I was impressed with Boise mm-hmm. State. Me too. Uh, and so two great group of five teams on a, had a great game. I'm, I, don't, I don't know Absolutely. what else we could have asked for. 
Yep, and maybe one future Big Twelve team on that on that roster as well <laughs> um, on the field. <gasps> dun dun dun. That will be for another day, Tyler. Uh, moving forward, Virginia Tech seventeen, the number tenth ranked North Carolina Tar Heels ten. This was game was on Friday ah, night. Ah, ah. When I tell funny. you, when I tell you that this team looked night and day from last season, oh my god. It didn't even look like the. It didn't even look like Sam Howell was a ta- on the field. Brax. It honestly looked like Braxton Burmeister and Sam Howell switched jerseys. Like, <laughs> there's no wrong. reason that Virginia Tech should have won this game. Yeah. In the sense of like pregame, during the game, they absolutely deserved to win because they they right. they kicked their butt. Like, and that's mm-hmm. the crazy thing about this to me yeah. is that like. I was never, I was never in the belief of can North Carolina pull the upset and make it to the playoff. Like no, I've, no. Um, but I, was, I didn't think they'd lose to Virginia Tech. I was surprised because I was just like, I thought they'd be better than this. Like, yeah, maybe this it, is one of those, looked bad. Maybe this is one of those wild Justin Fuente teams that is actually good. It has yeah, been you the know last what? couple of years, but he had a good first two years at Virginia Tech. Maybe he's got it back with Braxton Burmeister. I just love saying that name, um, but. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll it's nice because like Virginia Tech gets a lot of credit. Got a lot of that like Enter Sandman thing, which is really cool. But, yeah. Um. Very seldom is an environment where those those teams actually like lose. Like Iowa Stadium and Kinnick, like Kinnick Field is like a place where big the top ten teams go and they lose there. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech is a cool stadium experience, but like rarely do they actually pull the upset, and they did. Yeah. Yeah, no one, no one's afraid of going into Blacksburg right now. But turns out that North Carolina was. And what I love the most was Mac Brown. Afterwards, he was like, "Yeah, our team was overranked. We were overhyped. Like we're a much worse team." And I'm like, "D, aren't you like in the middle of recruiting battles for five star players? Like you shouldn't should be saying this." Also, Mac. wouldn't you? There are subtle ways to hint at that through press conferences in the off season. Just be like, "Well, I, you just be like, well, you know, we haven't won anything yet. We got to go out and make it work." Like exactly. Um, coach you're, speak. you're Mac Brown. You're can coach <laughs> speak. <laughs> very true you tell me you didn't know <laughs> very true um all right moving forward tyler this is now saturday's games number two ranked oklahoma 40 Tulane 35 Tulane was technically the home team but they were playing in norman due to aftermath of uh hurricane ida Tulane had to evacuate and move on or and move out they practice in birmingham and then now they're going they played in norman as the home team this game was fun especially at the end great game um Couple of notes because I want to move forward, but um, Spencer Rattler maybe maybe don't throw into triple coverage. It's just an advice, just a piece of advice. I'm not a quarterback. I've never played quarterback, but based on my you know intense college football fandom, I I don't know of don't many feel like times. It's the right decision to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen he, much success. It's just in that. he sees those dope Tulane uniforms, and it's like. Oh, three of them? Obviously, that looks great. And it's like, oh, no, not for me, though. Um, <laughs> Tyler, this is this might be in contention for uniform game of the season. I know it's week one. It's, I mean, I, I don't have like a one way or the other about the Oklahoma's game, uniforms, mm-hmm. but the red against the blue, very That's good. That's what I'm saying. The contrast is was, was too good. Yeah. It was too good. Um, Oklahoma was bad early, great for the mm-hmm. second and third quarter. And then mm-hmm. they packed it in on the, on the fourth. And Spencer Rattler, it's it's weird because I get why he does the triple coverage thing because then he like he throws to Marvin Mims and it everything is right with the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and gets him into and space. So and I want to give credit where credit is due here. Tulane is a good team, in my opinion. 
I thought oh, Tulane yeah. was going to be a good team. They were a good team last year. I thought Michael Pratt was good last year. Um, so I think like they should get some credit for this. Tulane is a good team, but it is concerning that you only won by five points, also because of a bad call. Um, mm-hmm. Which and you know, I, I'm not saying that the bad call, call means that oh, Tulane would have won, but it's sure a contributing mm-hmm. factor to why to how they lost. Um, yeah, but you, yeah. We, you know the Montreal listen, Oklahoma podcast, like okay. absolutely the, the rules. Them's the rules. Um, I, I liked Oklahoma in the second and third quarter, and I think they're we're one of those teams that has a lot of work to do, um, and that's okay because first game in the season. Uh, weird game. They were supposed to be on the road, but they end up being there. A lot of people on Twitter were saying if that game was played in New Orleans, that Tulane wins, and I kind of think I agree with them. Um, yeah. But we, we saw Oklahoma last season get caught slipping earlier in the year, and then they kind of went into form. You, you know, coaches like yeah, Dan Mullen, this, this, coaches like the, Lincoln Riley. Last year's Oklahoma team um, loses. I this trust game. those guys. Last year's Oklahoma team loses. Uh, this I agree. Game. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just again, this is another team I don't want us to overreact on in terms of Agreed. oh my god, they're done, they're horrible, blah blah blah. No, give it time. They're a really good football team. They got a great coach. Uh, next up, we got Oregon thirty-one, Fresno State twenty-four. This is a game that I could not see because Tyler, have you heard of this thing called the Pac-12 Network? You know, as a matter of fact, I have. It's the only sports network that exists out here. <laughs> um, I went to it. I went to a bar to watch the Gator game to the Gator Watch Club. And there was the Pac-12 on multiple TVs. No, stop. No, no. I'm not joking. It was it was the USC versus San Jose State game. It was on almost every TV. There was one TV for Alabama, Miami, and one TV for Texas, Louisiana. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't believe it either, but I saw yeah. it with my own eyes. Like, listen, I put this game on here just to say Anthony Brown. He he ain't it, dude. Oregon could he be a great it. team. If they had a quarterback, you know, you know, it'd be great if uh, Mario Cristobal decided to not let Marcus Arroyo destroy um, the NFL quarterback that he had, because if he would just have let him run an actual offense instead of the um, bland bread and butter offense that he ran, maybe they would have more success. But that's just me. And now they got Joe Moorhead who can actually run an offense and they don't have a quarterback. Uh, Gosh, so sad. Timing, man. Uh, let's move out to the Plains, Tyler. Iowa, 34, Indiana, 6. Ooh, Dominic Panix performance. Michael Panix did not look good in this game, and I don't nope. I don't think it's his fault. I think it was just Iowa being really good on defense. I was good at two things, all right? One is defense, <laughs> and the other is randomly upsetting top 10 teams. <laughs> Listen, it is a recipe for success sometimes. But they'll take it because it's Iowa. Um, next up, Tyler. Ooh, I, I I want you to to prep be prepped for this one. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Montana. This didn't hit me as hard as I thought it would. Like <laughs> Montana thirteen, the FCS school, Washington, the like the Huskies, like of of the Pac twelve, seven. All right. <laughs> Here's what I have to say about this. Again, I'm going to say it again. Dominant defensive performance from Washington for the most part. Because they, they – it's like defensively, they were in control of this game until the last second. Like, mm-hmm. However, just brutal offensively. Like, yeah. I watched the highlights. Game plan, 
play nothing. There's just nothing to look for here. And this is what happens when you hire a former Jacksonville Jaguars assistant from the <laughs> Gus Bradley era to run your offense. Um, and and that that is his whole that's his resume. That was the main thing on his resume. The main thing, like the, main, like the thing. That I, that I think he was a Penn State office coordinator during like a Bill O'Brien year, where we know Bill O'Brien calls most of his own plays. Like, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so this what. Jimmy Lake, I like you. You're an excellent defense coordinator, and that has clearly not changed since you've been a head coach. Get mm-hmm. a different offensive coordinator. And I don't really even feel like this is an overreaction. This this game is just justification because their offense was okay for the five games they played last year. Like, mm-hmm. But it was like not. Good. It was better under Chris Peterson. They've been miss. They have been missing it ever since they lost. Um, what's the coach's name at Oregon State? Um, oh, um, uh, I gotta know this. I'm looking it up. You look at podcasting. Podcasting is visual medium, auditory medium, whatever you want to call type, it. Type, click, click, clack. Jonathan Smith. Ever since Smith. we lost Jonathan Smith to Oregon State, their offense has never been the same. All right, and, hold on, pause. In our defense, that is the most generic name of all time. Oh, yeah. I knew it started with a J. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what's the last name? Jonathan, Jonathan Smith. Smith. There you go. Um, yeah, he was great for them. And then he left, and their offense okay with Miles Gaskin and uh, um, Jake Browning, good college players. Miles Gaskin's a good professional player. Um, and don't they you, still don't have, you forget it, Tyler. They still have a lot of talent, and they're just not using it. Um, so yeah. Washington, I hope this is a wake up yeah. call. Get That's a new offense because like. your defense is fine. <laughs> like, like your defense is so good. Like, it's good. And it has never stopped being good. And it, it hasn't missed a step. And the defense was the whole reason you stayed in that game against Alabama in 20, uh, what was it, like 15. Yeah. Like, just, uh, mm-hmm. never mind. Yep. Um, Sorry. I had just, I, we had to do it. We I, I'm to over it. it. I'm over it. Ne- next up is Maryland 30, West Virginia 24. I did not see a single second of this football game, and it is only on here to praise whoever runs the Maryland Twitter account. That's because the only last reason. Friday – Last Friday, the Drake album dropped, and it's called Certified Lover Boy, and it's like nine. It's, is it nine? It's nine emoji or like twelve emojis arranged in like a block of like the the pregnant woman baby in a different color shirt, and and Marilyn took that picture, the cover, and photoshopped a West Virginia helmet on each of the women emojis, and they called it. And they tweeted it and said, certified loser boy. <laughs> like, what did West Virginia do to you to What's do it? this? Is it, it's West Virginia. Mar- Am I missing something? Do Maryland and West Virginia have like a historic That's beef? That's my thing. I did not know this. Do they have beef? Are they mad at each other? Did West Virginia start or did did the they team just start not talking? Waste mean? Like, <laughs> I think they were like, we, we got to do it. It's like, don't put it so hard. It's like, you don't know content. if you're going to win the next week. And by that time, like, you only – you can't do this this meme, like, in five it weeks. It was time sensitive. It was time it was sensitive. time sensitive. They oh, just had to unload the clip. I, and I respect it. Honestly, I respect it. So yeah. I, I, heard Tal- I heard Talia had a good game. I haven't – I didn't Speaking see a second. Speaking of unloading the clip. Woo, boy. Number nine, Notre Dame. This 41. was the game of the weekend to me. Uh, yeah, I think it might have. I think no, it was too. Yeah, there were other Notre cool Dame games. Like it, it's one of many that were good, but this was the game of the weekend to me. Yeah, Notre Dame forty-one, FSU thirty-eight in overtime. That was Sunday night. 
Um, before we go any further, Mackenzie Milton got on the field. Mackenzie Milton looked good. He looked – I'm not – I mean, I don't want to put like a specific percentage on it, but like he, he looked like at least 75% of what he was, right? Yeah. I think so. He had the same – it was good to see him play again because it was like he's got that same little – the way he steps is all the same. The ball comes mm-hmm. out nice. Well, my thing is that like Mackenzie Milton looks good and he looks – and this is a good – this is not a bad thing. He looks like he's terrified to be behind that offensive line like anybody should be. <laughs> And he doesn't have the mobility he used to have. Like he can run a little right. bit, but any time yeah. he ran, I was terrified. Like, no, no, my 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 heart was in my throat. Like I was like, like Mackenzie, Jordan please Travis just run. Runs, it's fine because and yeah. and I know this. Is, it's 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 really only because Jordan Travis has not gotten injured before. Like, it, well, it's because Mackenzie Milton almost had to be his leg almost had to be amputated, and he was almost in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. So yeah. like, and incredible yeah, the story. stakes are a bit higher. <laughs> Incredible story. I was really – I thought it was awesome. And he, he was so clearly just better. And it's one of those things though where like I don't think that he will be their quarterback. I think there was a reason Jordan Travis was starting and I think there was a reason that he – McCutty Milton is not going to start every game for this for this nope. team from here on out. No. Nope. And a large part of that to me is just concern with – they still don't have a good offensive line in my opinion. Yeah. It's still bad. It's better. It's still bad. And – any quarterbacks are going to be shuffled behind there. Yeah. Now, what I will say is FSU looked way better. Their defense, they were on something last night. Place must have been rocking. My friend went. I'm sure he was. He had a great time. Um, that, and I saw a tweet about this. It was so perfect. It was just like, it seems that finally FSU has caught up to have a Mike Norvell Memphis office, which is nothing, 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 nothing. Explosive touchdown. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> explosive touchdown. Nothing. Explosive touchdown. Nothing, 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 nothing. Field goal. Explosive touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like every one of their touchdowns had to be come from, from like most of them were coming from like 40 yards out. Mm-hmm. But then randomly they would just not do anything. Um, yeah. They're, they're getting better and it was an incredible night. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm so proud for Mackenzie Milton. But I've seen some people I know, some are FSU fans, others. Well, one in particular is a UCF undergrad who went to grad school at FSU, who's like, Mackenzie Milton is going to lead this team back. And I'm like, all right, let's literally my only, (laughs) only my understanding of physical limitations of the human body is the only reason I'm saying this, but let's chill. (laughs) I, I, and I think what was most poignant was they, they apparently his surgeon was at the game and they asked him like, Hey, is this like something that's been done before? And they put the quote on the TV and it was, hey, uh, this is this is not impossible, but I've quite literally never ever come across a case where this was something that would happen. Like he is literally the first person to ever attempt to do this. And he yeah. was saying he was like, it's a miracle he's walking, let alone playing football. So yeah, I had a friend ask me like, hey, why isn't Milton? And he's clearly better than Travis. And I, my response was his medical file. Like, could you imagine if someone fell the wrong way on Mackenzie Milton's leg? I don't know if Mike Norrell could live with himself. You know what I mean? Like that, it, uh, that's it, the it, thing. It's all these mental aspects. Could you imagine as a coach? He's so clearly the best quarterback on that team. But I can't fault Absolutely. I cannot fault Mike Norvell for being like, yeah, let's just and and you know, mm-hmm. Jordan Travis lost a helmet, and that is why Mackenzie Milton got back on that game. Yep. And I will say yep. Jordan Travis did look better than he did last season. Um He did. You could tell that he improved. You can tell that Norvell better. put in a lot of work with this team in the offseason. Yeah. Um, they're still bad, in my opinion. 
I don't think North. Mm-hmm. I was both impressed by Jack Cohn and unimpressed by a lot of Notre Dame. You know, like yeah, no, me too, me too. Like Notre Dame is is it looks like it 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 looks like it's a team that lost a lot of talent on both sides of the ball and is working through some key positional issues. That's what they look like. Like an eight and four team. Yeah. Which is not bad. There that's not a that's no. not a bad thing. And but it's not going to be a national title contender. No. But I don't think anyone really expected that. And yeah, it, it, but just the way this game fell, especially like I will say, I, I told this to my friend, they FSU lost this game, but it is possible, and we don't know because we'll have to see. It is possible this is the game where they found their their program back. Again. They found their program again. Mm-hmm. The FSU has been without they they haven't won a season opener since like 2016. Um, mm-hmm. They have they've been their program's been lost for several years, starting when when the season that Jimbo left. Um, but they lost this game, but they may have found themselves a little bit now we don't know because they could easily we've said that about teams before and then they go lay lay mm-hmm. several eggs so right time will tell but game will tell but i think game of the weekend and also just the mckenzie milton story we can't hit upon it. listen that's that's the most that's the nicest we'll talk about fsu all season as yeah. fans not objective honestly this was the fans. greatest uh, the greatest thing that could have happened to us fsu lost in kind of hilarious fashion because mike norville iced his own kicker like, and I'll <laughs> oh, never yeah. get over that. We didn't that. even finish on the day on the day that they were honoring Bobby Bowden. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, legend. Coach. On the day they were honoring Bobby Bowden, they lost because their kicker went wide left. <laughs> <laughs> I know Steve never is is laughing somewhere about this. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that was good. That was I cannot. Good. Right, um, let's get into the five wide Bobby games. Bowden. All genuine respect to Bobby Bowden, but that's hilarious. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, let's get into the five wide games, Tyler. All right, let's do it. Pro- probably the most interesting game of uh, of the the twelve o'clock slate, in my opinion. Of the twelve um, o'clock slate, for sure. Oh yeah, the twelve o'clock slate for sure. Penn State 16, Wisconsin 10. We both picked Wisconsin, so neither one of us gets points. But, dude, this was a defensive slugfest. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. In the first half, it went 0-0 at halftime. Uh, Sean Clifford did his best Bo Nix impersonation where he looked really good on certain plays and then just yeah. looked like Sean Clifford there on others. three throws in this game because I rewatched it today. Mm-hmm. There are three throws in this game that are amazing by Sean Clifford. Just three. <laughs> Just three. And, and it's That's and I think two of them are touchdowns. <laughs> two of them are touchdowns. I mean, like, two of them are touchdowns. More can you ask for? But also, you could ask for a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Hey, do we have to have the, the Graham Mertz conversation? I was about to say that we are having it right now. Um, oh, we are. Okay, we, look, we are. Good, good. No, less of a conversation of me saying, all right, Graham Mertz, highest touted quarterback that Wisconsin's had since Russell Wilson. And even then, that wasn't really, like, from Star's perspective, wasn't that great. Great outing. Uh-huh. Got COVID last year. We threw that all the way. Let's guess what, people? I'm picking up my mic and moving it closer to me. It's still Wisconsin. <laughs> I hate you because I have to edit that, but I get it. Yes, um, I, I like it for dramatic effect. 
and I love Wisconsin. I love what they do. I love having them in the sport. And there are times, because I know that they're not as, as archaic as, and I'm using air quotes when I say this, as archaic as they seem to be in a football style. They still do, like, pass a lot. They're not always under center. They do things a little bit more modern. But this team, and credit to Penn State's defense as well, but this is not going to be a spread team. And Graham Mertz no. would be their best chance to have a spread quarterback. And guess what? They don't. <laughs> um, yeah. They no, can no, no. still be I, and, great. And listen, they can still you, you be can't... a good team. Yeah, I think the uh, Wisconsin-Iowa game is going to be a, is circled in red now after watching what Iowa did this week and watching Wisconsin this week. It's it's definitely a de facto Big Ten West championship game now. If you so, do college fantasy football, you, you go ahead that. and you uh you pick up the one of those defenses on on those days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a low scoring affair. Um, listen, we both uh, picked Wisconsin. Uh, so we did not get any points on that one, but that's okay. A game on which we did get points on Tyler and got points pretty confidently. Alabama 44, Miami 13. We both get the points. This game was over Seconds. in five in five minutes. And I'm being generous. It is comical how quickly it was just – it was gone from Miami. Like it, usually, Tyler, was it – Tyler, Tyler, can it be gone if it was ever there? It was never there. No, but but I'm saying like numerically, like got um, it. like got it. Okay. Well, it's okay. just when is it usually when you, if these teams play Alabama, it's like this soul crushing, slowly dragging you across the concrete. Like you mm-hmm. know what's about to happen. There was none of that to me when I watched Miami play this game. Like there was no soul draining process. There was no pulling of your essence, slowly twisting the knife. No, they was just over. Like. Mm-hmm. Bama, Bama didn't even like mess around, but not even in like a, oh, we'll play around with you for like a couple drives. So you think if you get a couple perfect ones, you have a chance, but you really don't. No, it was right. just like, all right, you guys go home. Well, you know what it was, right? It was Alabama. Their defense decided, wait, what What year is it? Oh, it's 2012. Okay, cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's we'll, the two, we'll they, they like- switched the two and the one around. Yeah, they were a bit dyslexic, which is fine. That's no, that's no problem. But <laughs> they, uh, the defense was definitely <laughs> – the defense was drastically improved and Bryce Young looks good. Bryce Young he, looks good. Looks I don't think good. that he's – he's not a world beater. I don't think he is a Heisman contender. better than Tua? You have to answer right now. <laughs> no, don't I'm ask kidding. me that I'm question. Kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, I know you're kidding, but don't don't ask me that question. You know the answer to that question. Um <laughs> So he looked good. Yeah, no, he looked good, and he definitely looked better than CJ Stroud. If we're comparing yeah. first start, uh, f- uh, first start freshman or redshirt freshman quarterbacks, but um, yeah, Alabama looks like the best team in the country. Like Alabama, they're is, in their own tier right now. They are their own tier because usually yeah. I put Clemson, and Ohio State in that tier, but those teams would have been in that tier last year, kind of ish. Mm-hmm. Well, like right. those two, I'll say this. Those two last year's Clemson and Ohio State team, at least right now, I feel would be on the same tier as this year's Alabama team, just because I'm not really sure, you know, if they're better than last year's team or not. They're clearly better than everyone mm-hmm. else this year, but like, but the, both those teams are kind of going through an overhaul, right? Like Alabama kind of stands alone. The only team that seemed to be like gearing up in the similar <laughs> position of has everybody back is it would be Oklahoma, and Oklahoma does not look that good, like. Mm-hmm. Comparatively. Yeah. 
No, so, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's very clear they're in the top tier. And Miami, Miami has some good players. I like Bubba Bolden a lot. Um, I saw him making, doing his best in the secondary. Um, but man, yeah, they need work. App State's coming to town uh, this coming Saturday. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, that may have two point implications. Like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Ooh, um, that's a good one. Right in that. Moving, down. moving forward. <laughs> Uh, Louisiana 18, Texas 38. I get the points on that one. You picked Louisiana and Billy Napier, which I respect because I yeah. generally thought they were going to cover. But it looks like Sark has the playbook. He, he's got the I playbook. I say, yeah, the offense looks better than I thought it would. It does. It does look better than I thought it would. It, it has come together more quickly than I thought it would. So good for Sark. Because my whole thing was that it was just like, it's going to take time to get talent in there the way that he's used to it. But... Mm-hmm. And while I still believe that from a holistic sense, it looks better yeah. than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect I to have to think like real hard about their game against Arkansas next week. But now, based off this week, I, I feel like I got a pretty good idea of what I'm getting. Yeah, and and, and friend of the pod, um, Texas correspondent Kevin Borbev Longhorns, U, the USA Today's Longhorns Wire, uh, he definitely was hyping it up in the offseason. And I was like, I need you to settle down. I definitely have to apologize to him because it, it Texas looks good. And if you look at that and compare it to what Oklahoma did, um, you know, the two future SEC members look a little bit different uh, right now. But as we said before with Oklahoma, you know, first game, one, one game, game, we'll see how it goes. Game. And again, Louisiana, they're still set up for a great season. Losing to Texas and being competitive in the first half is nothing to sneer at. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're Louisiana, they're returned the most production in the entire country. They're one of them probably have the best coach in the Sun Belt. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game to see them in the championship and how they go through their conference. This is the toughest team they'll face all season um, in terms of just physical talent. And, you know, I'm excited to see how they bounce back and, and the narrative of like, oh, look, a one loss Louisiana team and this and that, whatever. I think that they can be that. So interesting to see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Next up, Tyler, we had the defensive slugfest in Charlotte. Georgia 10, Clemson 3. There were no offensive touchdowns in no. this game. Which I'm going to bring up a point. Mm-hmm. So I have no qualms about it. Thought about it a little bit before. So adamantly so. Georgia's defense is the best defensive unit in the country. Maybe the best whole unit of, of, of a team in the country. Um, okay. I think I think that's easy. Well, at least that they have the best defensive showing, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing Kirby Smart and their talent, they're probably the best defense in the country at the moment. Right. Um, Clemson's was Clemson is. I don't like what's happening where everybody's like Georgia's clearly a contender, Clemson's a pretender, and I'm like, I don't really see that happening. Because also, can we talk about the fact that like, I mean, DJ Uyunglele is getting a lot of crap. Can we talk about the fact that JT Daniels was not good in this game? Like, yeah, he did not look good. Neither offenses were good in this game. Why? Because the defense both, of the, de- really both of the defenses were really good. <laughs> um, this is a field goal game, if not for that pick six. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so in, in a way, J.K. Daniels made less mistakes. But it's, I mean, this was the game where, and we picked against them, so that's on us. But like, this is the game where if Georgia wants to really be that contender, they would not only have to win it, but I want to see J.K. Daniels deal with a really big defense and a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that i got a quarterback who didn't mess it up enough for his excellent defense to lose it 
Right. I saw Georgia, a Muschamp team, which is funny because yes. he's on the. I saw like the amazing <laughs> Muschamp teams staff. in this game, which is hilarious because he's on the. T- he's one of their defensive analysts now. Uh, but so that, that, and I I agree with you. I think there's a thing where um, this game was who can mess up the least, yeah. and Georgia messed up the least. And uh, there's a lot of things where, yep, you know, there were no Georgia had no sacks, or I'm sorry, uh, Clemson had no sacks. Georgia got to DJ six or seven times. Clemson's offensive I, line is going to be the thing that keeps them from, from truly contending this year. I agree. I agree. I think they will be fine in the ACC, but D- then I think they will come to the playoff, and I don't yeah. – depending on who they match up with, it's going to be interesting to see. Their defense will carry them, though, in that game, whatever game it is. My, well, I was with friend of the pod, Stephen Peters, noted Eagles fan, and he was just like, I don't think DJ Uyengale is that good. And I'm like, okay, let's calm down. Because, I don't know about like, that. He was really good those two games. And from what I saw, he actually – he's good, but they are not – they don't have the weapons at least to the level of which they had them before. It's a mm-hmm. new team. He's a new quarterback. He's starting off his third game ever starting in college football against probably the best defense in the country. Yeah. Um, And, again, like this game was close, and I know that the reaction is to say Georgia's head and shoulders better. And I think Georgia is a better team this year right now. They mm-hmm. won. And, but I, I'm like – Clemson to me is still a playoff shoe and if they don't screw it up from here on out. Like Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's they lost last year they lost one game. The game DJ started to best Notre Dame team that we've seen in a while on the road in overtime. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this this is still you, you I just don't like the whole like the dynasty's over when it's just like they lost one game against another top five team. Let's just chill. Like yeah, like but, we've seen, we've seen teams have worse losses, and like what I, yeah, what I take from this also is yeah, and they were like really competitive in this whole game, and again, no mm-hmm. offensive touchdowns. I don't know why that's being spun as a positive thing for Georgia exclusively. Like yeah, because Georgia didn't score an offensive touchdown, and like yeah, they missed a field goal, so they their offense was better that night. But like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I think Georgia is clearly right now second best team in the SEC, best team in the division right now. Um, we'll get to the SEC championship if things hold the way that they are right now, and we'll lose to Alabama again. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think amongst people who watch a lot of SEC football and such, or people, let, let me just put it this way: people who watch Alabama and people who watch Georgia said, "Okay, cool. Georgia might be the best team in the country, not named Alabama, yeah. but Alabama is so that. good." I would willing, I would put them at number two right now. I would too. I would as well. I would definitely put them at number two. But I think they're beatable as well. Like I think they yeah. can get caught slipping just because I think that they're a better team than – and I'm going to bring it back to Florida because it's the most important game on our schedule. If we bring it back to Florida, I think Florida can get them. I think that we can win the football game. I don't think Florida is a better football team than Georgia. Nah. But I think that they, they can get got. I think that they can – You know, they're who knows? Maybe they, when they play Auburn this season, they could get got. A whole bunch of other things that could happen. Um, I didn't see a team that was in unpenetrable like yeah. I like I feel without Alabama. You know just I mean? like any team, that could change. This could just mm-hmm. be again. Clemson's defense might be one of the best ones. In the, it probably is one of the best ones in the country too. JT Daniels right. might start balling. You know, mm-hmm. I don't yep. see that. I, I mean, he will obviously I think play better. But like, mm-hmm. this was not a game that elevated Georgia's stock to me. It just solidified where they are in the tier I already had them in. Exactly. They did not move up exactly. a tier to me. Like, um, all right, Tyler. Last, yeah, yeah. Last five wide game. Uh, LSU twenty seven. 
UCLA 38. Get, Tyler, get, UCLA get, in those get, in those get. sissy blue uniforms. In those sissy blue oh. uniforms, Tyler. They got the Bruins dub. are undefeated they while I dub. live in LA. I want it out there. <laughs> no LA team has lost a football Listen, game I'm, since I'm, Tyler Williams has stepped foot in this state. Um I called it. <laughs> And I didn't right, even guy, believe was, it. When, I didn't even believe Tyler it when talking. I called that was it. Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even believe it when I called it. Like I was just like, yeah, it's the first week. <laughs> and can we I was talk? Like, can we? Can we talk about UCLA's run game? How incredible it oh is! God. Oh my. Well, and it was incredible the first week against you know, Hawaii. And I was just like, okay, let's see. They got players, but like, how's this work? It was incredible again. It, it, it's crazy because mm-hmm. the, the Chip Kelly thing is kind of I got big caveat here. It's starting to work. They just beat an SEC team. Yeah. No, not one that's great in my opinion, but it's not Kentucky, who looks pretty good. Um, it it was LSU. Mm-hmm. Even a bad LSU team, that's like something for UCLA to beat them. Um. So yeah. I, I was very impressed, um, very impressed by DTR, very impressed by just the running game. Just they've got the weapons now. Um, mm-hmm. They're not really impressed by their defense, but for the level of football they're playing at, if their offense is good enough, I think they're fine. Like, and L, I mean LSU still look, like had its moments, but like they, LSU's defense to me has taken a massive step back since that national title game. So I was gonna, I was going to ask you this question. I saw this on Twitter. I didn't send it to you. I may have sent it to you, but I don't think I did. There were a lot of Ed Orgeron being the 2021 version of Gene Chizik, where kind of riding a really good quarterback in a really good year, stepping into a situation, and then just falling flat on his face and not being able to – not just win a title, not win a title, but even just contend. You know, This team, ever since that national title, has not looked good. Imploded. Last year – and and what's crazy is that players like um, what's his name, a defensive back that's supposed to be a top five draft pick, Derek Stingley. Stingley, yeah, players like Stingley. Stingley looked like like a fifth round draft pick yesterday. Like he looked good, but he did not look like a top five pick. And yeah, yeah. he did not look like that last year either. And I get it; it was COVID and this and that, whatever. But it, it seems like he hasn't been able to replicate the, what he looked like in his freshman year uh, in the twenty nineteen title team. You know what I mean? It seems weird because I think that they have the talent. Obviously, they're recruiting at a high level, but it's approaching Georgia levels of, okay, but the the talent can't, hasn't produced. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't even say that because, like, Georgia is consistently good. Like, mm-hmm. the players are consistently drafted. That was the, that was the Gator fan in me talking, and yeah, I, I no, should apologize. I, I just want to – we just spent all that time talking about how, like, calm down on the Georgia hype. I want to give them credit where they do. Georgia's never been this bad. Like – under true. Kirby Smart. Very true. Ever, Very uh, true. Ever since the first year where they were better than this um, and they were adjusting, Georgia's never been this bad. They've always been some mm-hmm. – like even – it's just a matter of Georgia keeps hitting a ceiling that they put on themselves mm-hmm. um, that they should be able to break through because of their talent, but they keep putting a ceiling on themselves. But no, I mean like it, it does give me Gene Chizik vibes a little bit. Less yeah. – I mean like I think Red Order has built a little bit better of a system, you know, because it's not completely imploding and it wasn't like – Joe Burrow was the only player on his team, on his offense, to uh, play a snap in the National Football League, which is still crazy when you think <laughs> about Cam Newton. But, um, but 
it does very much feel like that because that was a team that was a super team built around one identity of Joe Burrow throwing the football around with a Joe Brady offense with all of those weapons. Now Joe Burrow and Joe Brady are gone. Some of the weapons are gone. They still have good wide receivers. I don't buy that as an excuse. Like they have Mm -hmm. good players, but they're not doing anything with them. So, I mean, I, I said it on Twitter and I said it last week. This job is Billy Napier's this time next year. You texted it to me too. And I don't I don't know if that's necessarily an overreaction, but it's like if you lose if you lose by double digits, mind you, um, to UCLA on the road, this UCLA team, this the UCLA team that has not been good for years. Mm-hmm. And this one might be good and it might we might look back and be like, oh, we should have known. But uh, I'm not really seeing how this is gonna be good against Alabama. And you may do what you did last year and win like one or two games against like Florida that you shouldn't win, and you will still yeah. probably lose a lot of your games. Like, and I and I and I think he doesn't have COVID or the attrition. The immediate year after title run is easy to just excuse being bad. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, have that sure. anymore. And they found Max Johnson last year. He was good last year, and the quarterback yep. is not. I, this thing, the quarterback's not really like an issue. Max Johnson's okay. Like, yeah, he's serviceable. He's, Honestly, I mean, he's not he's not Joe Burrow, but he's better than a bunch of LSU quarterbacks before him. Yeah. Honestly, it's the defense that worries me. Yeah. And in fairness, they traveled to L.A. Like they're not mm-hmm. anywhere near home, but that's still they were not dislocated a, as well. Not enough of a reason to lose by double digits. Um, yeah. To, true. 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 Yeah, true. So um, I feel real vindicated, uh, even though I didn't even believe in it when I picked it. <laughs> I'm glad you feel vindicated, and I've never been happier to lose out on a point. Let me put it that way. Uh, Two-point conversions, Tyler. Your two-point conversion was Kansas State over Stanford. You get those two points. Kansas State 24, Stanford 7. And it was convincing. Yeah, it wasn't even even a question. I mean, it's low scoring and stuff because of the way Kansas State plays, but... Yeah, but they had that game from the beginning. Yeah, Stanford did not look good, my guy. Yeah, not at and all. for for you, uh, your for mine is pending. My result is pending. Um, it is Ole Miss over Louis over Louisville. They are playing right now, Tyler. As we speak, um, there are four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Ole Miss is up twenty three to nothing. Ole Miss has allowed like eighty yards in the entire game. This defense looks so much better than what they were last year. And I know they're playing Louisville, and I know that this offense is, you know, this is a middle-of-the-pack ACC team fighting for a bowl game and stuff. But the stuff they're doing on defense, Tyler, it's a different team. That's Ole Miss cool. is going to be ranked after this game, number one. Oh, number sure. two, I think Ole Miss has a – and it's not because I think they're a better football team, let me preface this, but because of the improvements that defense has done and because of the way that Lane Kiffin's offense is consistently explosive – I think that there's a chance Ole Miss can beat Alabama this year. I know it's week one, and it's not even halftime of their first game, but I am overreacting, and it, and it, it just it, they have a chance. I'm I'm not saying they'll do it, but they have a chance. Yeah, well, when you have Link Kiffin at the, at the helm, Matt Corral, those weapons, mm-hmm. you say the defense is playing better. I can't watch it right now because I don't have a TV next to me. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm glad you didn't say contend for the SEC title because that would be crazy to me. No, 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 but beat Alabama no, 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 no. to one game situation. If there's a team that has done it, can do it, will may do it again. 
It's always Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I think I think the ceiling for Ole Miss is second best team in the SEC West, and that would require that would require them beating one of Alabama or A and M. And I think because of the clash of style, they can beat A and M. And defense improvement, Tyler, Louisville just ran like a trick play for six yards, and they did it because they had nothing else to do on second down. Like it, Louisville has no has no answers. It's quarter. fourth down again. They're about to punt. It's this defense is all over the place, bro. All over Land the place, sharks, and baby. and and Tyler, there have been four targeting calls on in this game, four targeting ejections in this game already. Four. By who? Three of them by the Ole Miss defense. Two of them by the Ole Miss defense. One by the Ole Miss special teams, and another by the Louisville defense. And they're still playing good. And they're still playing good, and there's three minutes left in the second quarter, and Louisville's going for it on fourth and three. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I mean, you're, so we're basically assuming you're going to get those two points. So I think I can put the two points on here, dude. Uh, go ahead. I think the question here is if they choke it away, I will be very happy to delete it and replace it. But you can go sure. ahead and put them down. Um, I, I put it down, Tyler. Um, listen, it's not for me. It's not a question of am I going to get the two points. It's a question of am I going to get the point in my spread pick'em league because I oh have boy. Ole Miss minus nine. That's what I, my question is right now. I mean, now, you're so. at twenty three, so oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, that so I believe be good. leaves the first week total for the picks. Sergio four, Tyler mm-hmm. four. Off to a great start, chalk baby. Man, mm-hmm. we're just so good at this. Oh, yeah. We just we you equally know. scored well. Um, awesome. <laughs> equally scored well, correct. You want to – let's move forward here right before before we sign off. We do want to do a quick uh, college fantasy update. Um, this was a big week. I was very happy with this week, how week one went. Um, top score had to goes to a friend of the pod, uh, t- Texas Longhorn correspondent of – the USA Today's Longhorns Wire, Kevin Borba. He's 250 points with, uh, I believe he has someone playing right now. Yeah, I think he has someone playing right now. Um, I will say that Courtney did leave her one of her flex spots open. Um, Ooh, gotta do better yeah. than that, Court. <laughs> gotta gotta better do better than that, than that Court. Can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Tyler, no. how did your game go this week? Well, I'm actually not really done with it. Um, Oh, I I still have Jonathan Mingo, the oldest wide receiver, uh, playing right now. Um, I'm currently down nine points to a uh, friend of the pod, Tyler Renfro, one uh, mm-hmm. percent uh, Bucks fan. So yes. if Jonathan Mingo can get like a touchdown and like thirty more yards, I could win because he's the only player playing left, and Renfro's up by, on me by nine points. So, um. If I get nine, if I get nine over nine points, I win. Start you off need, one and zero. You need a touchdown and maybe like three touchdown and probably two more receptions given the yards as well. Yeah, so possible. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of mouths to go around on that almost offense. So and I don't like that they're getting up so early. It means they're probably they might try to run because almost is not there to like yeah. to try and run up the score. So well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Lane Kevin tested positive for COVID, so he is um, is not here. Oh, my gosh, Tyler, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the Heisman commercial is here, and Devontae Smith is in the Heisman house. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's so cool. I, I'm not ashamed to say that Heisman house commercials are my love language. 
They are um, fantastic. He was I just doing yoga. He was doing yoga with Desmond Howard. <laughs> I love these things so much, man. Oh, Heisman commercials. They must be I'm sorry so to fun to make it. too. Like, oh, absolutely. You just get a bunch of. I would love to be a PA on that. Ooh, are you yeah. kidding me? That'd be fantastic. Um, all right, so you still have one more to play. We'll see if it happens. Tyler, I literally tied with Austin. I know it's crazy. Like. 172.1 to 172.1. And what's crazy is what a uh, friend of the pod, 1% Buck fan, Tyler Renfro, pointed out to us uh, in our fantasy football group chat. I'm sorry, on the Zoom, not on the group chat, on the Zoom because we drafted this weekend. Um, he pointed out that if I didn't make the administrative change to scoring, I would have won the game. I made, I decided to change before the week started the scoring for interceptions thrown to be from minus two to minus three because touchdowns are worth six in our league instead of four. So I figured it was half of what um, a touchdown should be. And if I would have kept it as two instead of three points, then I would have been able to win because I think Austin's quarterback threw, I think an extra interception or something where I would have won by like a point or two or something. But it's about the principle for me. It's about the league-wide vision, not my own selfish one. But I guess we're going to end up with a tie. How I don't know how we determine. I know, right? How week one? How on college football? I don't uh, know. Whatever. Beyond that, though, pretty good week one. Pretty good week one. Pretty good week one. Um, I'm excited for week two. Uh, let me look up right here. See who we play. Let's see what what is what is what does week two look like? Week two, Tyler. Week two is the sideline judgment bowl, my friend. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. I I have to decide whether to play Emory Jones or Brock Purdy. Oh my god! Oh, so you got Emory Jones against USF BT or Dub, Brock Purdy uh, against college Iowa? Game, college game day is heading to Elasico, uh, to Ames, Iowa for Iowa State, Iowa. Um, oh, this is the weekend we should go. This is the weekend we should go. Oh, I mean, hey. No, Tyler, we, we can't go. Right, but I'm not, I I'm not working. <laughs> I mean, I'm working I tomorrow, am, but I'm not on a, I'm not, I'm not, my, my redacted just wrapped this week, so. Redacted did wrap. <laughs> um, Wait, does this mean that redacted two is what you're going to do on Thursday? Do we classify it? We can call it redacted two. Yeah. I don't know if I'll it's be doing it. No, we're calling it redacted two because this is the way for me to keep track of how many things I've worked on. Perfect. Um, I love it. All right. So there's redacted one thing two I've worked on, on that I could just say I'm not even like it's not even worth redacting. Um, mm-hmm. So that that one's gonna keep that. I worked on a Lifetime movie called uh, Garage Sale Killer. I cannot wait to watch this movie. <laughs> I, I worked on it for one day. I worked on it for one day. Uh, shout out Olivia Phillips for getting uh, help having me come on the show for one the movie for one day. Um. So yeah, I did that, and but now I have redacted. This next one will be redacted too. Um, mm-hmm. I start tomorrow. I'm only working one day, so we'll see how it goes. I feel like well, I'll actually I'm glad get, I'll get that you Saturday off. To like, I feel like I'll get a Saturday off to watch all the college football. That is a plus, my friend. See, um, all, and also, I, by I, the way, the Gators. Uh, I have to say, the Gator Club is meeting at 10:30 a.m. to watch the game. You're gonna go. I mean, yeah, but like, that's it's something I, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to remember like, 
a night game for you guys is four thirty for us. It's gonna be a That's ten true. thirty a.m. game. Like, and I'm just gonna have to get used to this. Like, and you got lucky because the game is at one instead of noon. I don't know why, but the game is at one instead. It should have been a noon kickoff, but it's at one. No, straight up, like, on yeah, like this last week, I straight up forgot because I was just like, right, it's like nine o'clock. I got time, and then it was just like, oh, it's already kicked off. It's like, oh, it's nine o'clock. And I got like, time. I oh, knew game in is my, already done. <laughs> I knew in my head. Oh yeah, this thing. I I didn't even wake. I couldn't wake up for game day. Like game day would have been at like Yikes. five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. No, like I love college football, but I, after working all day the day before, I was like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch yeah, it this no. week. I mean, it's our last. I don't go. know if you. I don't know if you will, but <laughs> I'll watch the last thirty early. minutes from my bed. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Tyler, I'm just glad that week one is in the books. I'm glad we got a bunch of college football in. And I'm glad we have a bunch of college football for the rest of the season. Um, we're going to be back later this week previewing week two, adding on to the five five wide and two points. And uh, if any news comes out, we will be reporting it. We will be here breaking it. Uh, and, yeah, we want to thank you for spending your time listening to us talk about college football. Tyler, anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, just a, another season five of us doing this, another week one in the books. And to echo Stephen Godfrey's point, which uh, from Split Zone Duo, which we have mentioned before, college football mm-hmm. does week one right, in my opinion. And it's always good to see another season with you, my brother, my brother, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brother, best friend. Um, I'm glad we're by Coastal. Uh, I wish you were here or I was there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I wish we were closer, but also it's cool that we, we're taking over the we're taking over both coasts. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're now in the um, in the sunny capital of both coasts. You're in Miami and I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> All is right in the world. All is right in the world. Um, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but do not forget, it is just week one. Do not overreact. Don't do it. And go Gators. Yeah, that too. 